All right, we're off and rolling here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. This is the rush in technicality, I suppose. Generally, myself and Tyler McComas are getting you locked in from 2 to 3 p.m. and handing things off to uh, Tyler and Teddy from 3 to 6. On Fridays, of course, though, you got Travis Davidson live from Tulsa doing the rush. And today, you've got me, Parker Thune, as well. So for those of you that tune into the rush every day to listen to both Tyler McComas and Teddy Lehman. Well, you get neither today. Instead, you get Space Jam, (laughs) the original OU Twitter bromance. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson. Travis, how you doing, my man? Man, I'm doing great, doing great. Just uh, excited uh, to be out at Ash Cigar Bar again. They've been uh, fantastic hosts uh, all summer. Uh, Excited to be on with you. Excited to talk about some crouton. Some camps, some uh, some drama nationwide, I suppose. Uh, uh, yeah, excited to get it in, man. So there you go. Travis is at Ash Cigar Bar up in Tulsa. I am out here in Norman at the Turn Grill at Westwood Park Golf Course. Outstanding food, outstanding golf. If you got nothing better to do on a Friday, and we know Teddy Lehman does it. He dropped by earlier uh to bring by all the equipment for my setup out here and i was like dude what do you do with your fridays anymore he's like always a always a different thing he said i usually go for a walk in the mornings usually hang out with my son but uh teddy obviously as many folks do uh, is not opposed to an occasional round of golf on a friday so if that's what's in the cards for you this friday head out to westwood park stop by uh, the turn grill for an outstanding meal in between your nines. Travis, I think we should probably just dive right in here and not bury the lead because I know it's what everybody wants to talk about uh, because the news came across the wire just about 20 minutes ago. It took all of two weeks into the 2022 preseason for a Jai Hall to get himself suspended indefinitely from the Texas football program. Yeah, well, you know, it's one of those things. We all talk about the Brent Venables culture here at Oklahoma um, and how some kids, you know, might not be takes. Uh, uh, Texas clearly doesn't have those same standards because uh, I.G. Hall had issues at Alabama. Um, Alabama had no problem kind of letting him hit the road. Uh, And then now at Texas, he's off the team, or at least suspended indefinitely. Uh, as he said, uh, for con- conduct detrimental. And here's the thing, like we've talked about, you know, they're, they're going to say, oh, man, he just took a boot off a car. You know, it's not like, you know, this, that, or the other. Well, you know, once a guy's already, you know, had a strike against him, if you will, you got to kind of be on your best behavior going forward because now it seems like there's a pattern. And in, in Texas... They, they don't care. It's very much a Jerry Jones mentality down there um, of, you know what, I can fix him. You know what, it's fine. We'll get him down here. Won't be a big deal. We just want talent. Well, you know, sometimes talent ain't worth it. The zero culture approach on the 40 acres already doing the opposite of whatever, uh, or whatever the opposite of paying dividends is, that's what it's doing for Texas right now down on the 40 with Steve Sarkeesian and that coaching staff. And it was this was something that we talked about when Ajay Hall left Alabama and hit the transfer portal and was snapped up by Texas. Right? Texas got two of Nick Saban's castoffs in Jaleel Billingsley and Ajay Hall. And when you looked at the situation for both Billingsley and Hall, 
you didn't have to be a rocket scientist to see that something was off with those two. Because when you have two football players that are that talented and they get run off the ranch by somebody like Nick Saban, who has made his living in college football over the last 15 years and developed his reputation as arguably, well, with little argument, uh, the greatest college football coach of this era, arguably the greatest college football coach of all time. When you have two guys that are that gifted, two guys that have that high of a ceiling, two guys that could down the road be key targets for defending Heisman champion or defending Heisman Trophy winner Bryce Young as Alabama tries to build towards a national championship after losing in the college football playoff final to Georgia a year ago. You'd already seen Billingsley crack it at Alabama. He'd already become an integral part of the offense. Football-wise, Ajay Hall seemed to be on that same trajectory. But all of a sudden, boom, they're gone. Nick Saban sends them their separate ways from the Alabama football program. And so you couldn't help but wonder, what aren't we seeing here? And you'd heard rumblings. You'd heard rumblings that maybe Billingsley uh, wasn't as focused on football as he should have been, uh, that Hall was very, well, to put it nicely, distracted. If you follow Ajay Hall on Twitter, uh, it's pretty blatantly obvious that uh, his full attention is not on football. And he's always uh, in an all-fire hurry to interact with anybody that throws any shade his way or criticizes him on social media. And so when you saw Texas make the move to bring in those two guys, it was either going to go really well, Travis, or it was going to go really poorly. There was no in-between because either those two were going to get their heads in the game, they were going to figure it out and figure it out in a hurry, and they were going to be two explosive weapons in the arsenal of Quinn Ewers, or the wheels were going to fall off. They were going to run into the same issues that they ran into at Alabama, and their rap sheet was going to get long enough that they were going to fall out of favor down on the 40 acres as well. And the jury's still out on Jaleel Billingsley, but it seems that, that w- that's where we're at with Ajay Hall. Yeah, I, I think I read somewhere where Billingsley hadn't shown up to practice or something like that. It's Here's the thing. When you go to maybe the best structure, culture, just just infrastructure of a football program that Alabama has been. They've been the model of it. People talk about that program as, man, it's like an NFL team in here, man. Like, it's it it's a full-blown factory, and that's why they've had the success they've had. Um, but when... When you get somebody in in that infrastructure and they can't and they're they're still causing problems there, then you ship them off to Texas, where we've been saying this for a decade. It's not a coaching issue. It's not a talent issue. It is 100% a structure and cultural issue. That's what we've been saying, and and Texas fans agree with that. But you take a kid that couldn't hack it culture wise at Alabama, and then you send him down to Texas where they he's got way more leash, where he's got just way more uh, room to roam, if you will, then, of course, you can see this coming a mile away. We're seeing it unfold in front of our eyes with Jonte Cook. I mean, he has been loud, very loud, about the Gundy situation. He retweeted something, um, I believe it was yesterday, uh, that said, don't you OU fans have a clan meeting uh, to go to? Like, stuff like that. I mean... He was he was trying to dunk on OU uh, on his TikTok, on his Instagram, and all this kind of stuff. And there have been 
um, heavy rumors that he wasn't a cultural fit at OU, despite it being his dream his dream school, his childhood dream school, that he said he was wearing all the OU gloves, he was talking about how OU was his favorite, and then all of a sudden he's not a cultural fit. Well, now we're starting to see why. And I, I, I think Hall is a cautionary tale uh, to what that might look like unless Cook is just, you know, able to turn it around and, and, and focus, whole, you know, on football and, and, and creating a positive culture. But, I mean, you just – when you, when when you were talking about Hall and how he got he was going at it on Twitter with you know fans anybody that came after him blah 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 I mean it looked exactly like John Tay Cook's timeline I mean you could have been describing both of them at the same time so it'll be interesting to watch no doubt is this all burning down for Texas before the season even starts because you look at the storylines coming out of Austin right now it's not just a Jai Hall even though that is the most conspicuous storyline right now, and obviously the most recent with the news dropping about 20, 30 minutes ago that Steve Sarkeesian has suspended Hall indefinitely from all team activities. But the word out of camp, Travis, is that Quinn Ewers is less than impressive right now. And all of a sudden, it seems as though the quarterback battle that seemed to be completely fictitious between Quinn Ewers and Hudson Card, we'd heard Steve Sarkeesian touting this supposed quarterback battle for several months, and I'll admit, I believed as much so as anybody that that was all smoke and mirrors, and this job was obviously going to belong to Quinn Ewers. All of a sudden, it seems like that might not be the case. What are your thoughts on how that's all unfolded? You know, we saw the the Orange Bloods uh, sourced reports about this, about how you'd like to see some separation between Hudson Card and Quinn Ewers. And keep in mind, Quinn Ewers couldn't crack the top three on the depth chart at Ohio State, um, but yet he's supposed to come in and be just automatically a Heisman contender at Texas. Um, Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, especially when you look at what Ohio State's been able to do offensively. Um, If, you know, the number one overall recruit who's rated a 1.0000 by you know by every uh, uh, service couldn't crack it goes up there gets an nil deal you know million dollar deal and then just turns around and goes to texas releases something in the players tribune to say it was always texas i know that's the big question but it was always texas and so it was always texas and he said i really needed to um, just you know, see what that staff did and things like that, and and then I transferred. So, so he went to Ohio State, got got a bag, and then can't crack the top three on the depth chart, and then comes down to Texas, and I guess because they went five and seven, that showed him something that oh man, I need to go down to Texas because because man, they're making quarterbacks look really good. That offensive line's fantastic. You know, they're a winning program. Like what? So he ends up down here. I'm not shocked at all that he's not separating per reports by Orange Bloods. This is not a situation where OU fans are saying, oh, man, uh, I'm, you know, I heard, you know, they're spreading rumors. I heard that Hudson Card might win the job. This was sourced Orange Bloods reporters. I know we all have our feelings about certain Orange Bloods guys, but it's this is sourced. This isn't this isn't propaganda because it was the second part of the notes uh, that really kind of regarding the quarterbacks that really caught my attention it was you know the uninspiring performances by Hudson Card and Quinn Ewers could be attributed 
to the offensive line play. The offensive line was consistently being caved in by the Texas defensive line. And if there's one thing we know about the Texas defensive line is they're, they're no good. They couldn't generate a pass rush. And I'm not sure field role now but he's he's he didn't just magically show up and say oh okay now you guys are going to get you know 10 sacks a game that's not how that works so so a team that struggled on the defensive line getting a pass rush was caving in the offensive line um on in the lap of uh, quinn ewers and hudson card so uh yeah i mean it's it's exactly what we've what we've been saying about texas as long as you continue to overlook the trenches then you're going to go by the way of you know, Lincoln Riley and, 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 and a lot of Texas Tech teams that we saw and, and Texas last year. It's, man, you can get all the five-star wide receivers you want. You can get all the five-star quarterbacks you want. You can get all the five-star running backs you want. But if they have no time to get open or if they have no time to throw or if they have no holes to run through, it's, it's going to be a bad football team. That's how you end up with Xavier Worthy, bona fide stud. B. John Robinson, bona fide stud. Casey Thompson, Hudson Card should be able to work with those with that talent. And you go five and seven, lose six straight, including a home game to Kansas. I mean, the, the they're missing the forest for the trees here. Well, clearly, Texas's twelve-year run of off-season national championships appears to be in grave danger as the 2022 season approaches. It makes me wonder, Travis, and we'll get into this a little bit more later in the show, it makes me wonder, too, if there's a third guy in that quarterback competition down there at Texas that we've all disregarded, and that is Malik Murphy, a high four-star commit in the class of 2022 that's just a true freshman. But based on what you're hearing about Ewers and based on what you're hearing, or rather not hearing, about Hudson Card, does make you wonder, is there a third guy? that could elbow his way into the race if things continue to progress along their current trajectory for Texas, especially in that quarterback room. We're just getting started on this Friday afternoon here on The Ref, the home of Sooner fans. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson here with you. I'm at the Turn Grill at Westwood Park Golf Course here in Norman. Travis is at Ash Cigar Bar in Tulsa. Lots more to come. We're talking college football all day with you on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. If you want to chime in, stay with us. Plenty more is on the way. Back with you here on The Rush, Parker Toon, Travis Davidson, rolling with you all the way up until 6 p.m. I'm in Norman at Westwood Park Golf Course, sitting here in the Turn Grill. Travis is up in Tulsa at Ash Cigar Bar, as he is every Friday. Uh, Travis, is this is this the last Friday rush for you? It is. It is for now. So uh, Teddy will come back next Friday. Um, he's had the summer off on Fridays to again take walks or go golfing or hang out with the family. Um, but you know, just like the football team's getting back to camp, Teddy's locking in um, to his Fridays again. So I will be uh, jumping over to Wednesdays uh, to join you and Tyler uh, for a lot of the times. I'll be doing pregame and postgame uh, with Tyler for all the games. And then when Teddy uh, or Chris are going to be uh, traveling with the team on Fridays to, like, away games and things like that, I'll be filling in um, in those scenarios as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to be, you know, kind of just the uh, um, just plugging, plugging holes throughout the season and whatnot. But uh, 
had a blast uh, this whole summer uh, doing these Fridays. Couldn't be more appreciative of Ash Cigar Bar uh, for having me out here in Tulsa, representing for the 918. Uh, it is cool to look on the text line and see so many 918 numbers. We haven't we haven't forgot about us on this side of the state. So uh, appreciate everybody that's been tuning in. Appreciate the support. Um, I'm I'm going off of Fridays, but I'm you'll be able to hear me all the time. So uh, yeah, looking forward to having Teddy back. Yeah, you know what this means, Travis, is that we're once again going to have to fire up a regular OU Twitter space. That's what this means. I feel it's oh, probably well, going to have to become a weekly thing in season because people are going to need an outlet. Regardless of whether things are going well or whether things are going poorly, you know that the only thing the state wants to talk about all fall is OU football. We're going to do that 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day right here on KREF, home of the Sooner fan. But... No doubt we will also uh, hit the Twitter spaces once again to bring you all day, every day, wall-to-wall coverage of all things Sooners. Exactly, exactly. I uh, uh, look forward to getting back into them. I'm just excited for football season to start, man. Just so excited for it. It's funny because in seasons past when I wasn't doing radio, it was okay. It would, you know, I'd get distracted with you know, restaurant stuff or anything like that, but... Man, with me with me tuned into the ref every single day, obviously, and then on the ref a bunch, especially with Plank being out of town, uh, it's like, man, it, it, I don't. I think it's slowed down the crawl towards the season for me because I'm just I'm, for hours every day I'm talking about it. So, um, really, really excited about the season, and uh, yeah, just excited for that first game. Let's hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line, and. On a related note, let's fire that thing up, 405-651-3439. We're going to start talking about fall camp standouts. Uh, we're going to talk about the main storylines coming out of the first couple of weeks of fall camp. It seems as though everybody's uh, pretty much ready to move past the Kale Gundy fiasco and look to the future. LaDamian Washington is your interim wide receivers coach and a guy that I believe and you believe, a lot of people believe, Travis, uh, that he is ideally suited for this role, and it's not going to be too much too soon for a guy like that who has been around as both a player and a coach. But hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Let's go there right now. One listener asks, I thought I saw a kid named Seth Gamble commit to OU on Twitter yesterday, but I don't see it now. Am I crazy? Uh, no, you're not crazy. And we talked—I mean, we had to talk about this yesterday because everybody was asking about it. Uh, I'll be straight. I have no idea who Seth Gamble is. I know for a fact he is not a scholarship player. I don't even have confirmation that he is a preferred walk-on at Oklahoma. That was out of left field. Have no idea where that came from. Obviously, you see anything circulating uh, in that capacity. If you're an Oklahoma fan, a lot of folks are just going to casually like it and retweet it, not give it a second thought. Uh, but that did not appear to be legitimate, Travis. And I, I feel as though, you know, for those that uh, for those that listen to the ref on a daily basis, particularly this hour, which is usually myself and Tyler McComas every day from two to three, uh, Seth Gamble is not a name we have come close to mentioning on these airwaves. No, no, and it's it's a situation where look. OU Twitter has a national reputation, uh, whether that be um, from other fan bases or Parker, like you and I learned um, from the recruits uh, when we were out at OT7 in Vegas. Uh, we had one high-level recruit tell us, unscripted, just said, you know what, he, he's not going to end up at Oklahoma, but he said, you know what, OU fans, OU has the best fans. He said, Oklahoma has the best fans. I can put out a picture 
um, of me, you know, an old picture of me in, in an OU uniform from a visit. He's like, it blows up. You know, it's thousands of likes, you know, retweets, everything like that. So with that being said, other people notice that too. So um, much like, was it Johnny or Tommy Marlborough? Uh, five-star quarterback, <laughs> put OU in his top ten, was retweeted by James Hale, uh, all this. Like, you you have people that are trying to troll Oklahoma fans um, because of that, because we, if you see OU go, go out with it, a, a commitment or an offer or anything like that, we blow it up typically. Uh, that's just what we've been doing. So uh, just, just be careful. Do a little bit of your research, you know. Uh, hopefully... Uh, when you Googled Seth Gamble, uh, you didn't get uh, too offended by any results. I guess I'll just leave that at that. Um, oh but, boy. yeah, be, be, be wary of any uh, of any recruits that are putting out committed, especially if you tune in, as Parker uh, uh, alluded to, if you tune into the ref, we're going to talk about most, if not all, even targets. Anybody that has any has any inkling of interest or possibility if there's a 10 percent chance that somebody might commit we're going to talk about them you're going to hear the names so if if a name pops out as a commit and you've never heard of them then just uh tread carefully you don't want to look like a fool online that's the last thing we need so um yeah the seth gamble we're not like like parker said he's not a scholarship offer he's not a preferred walk-on I'm not even sure he exists. So, so we'll we'll move on to that one, no doubt. All right, we're halfway home on hour number one of the Friday Rush. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson with you here until 6 p.m. Talking all things OU football, recruiting. Heck, I'm sure we'll circle back around to Texas at some point because uh, Lord knows we're going to get some tweet from a Jai Hall <laughs> within a matter of hours addressing his mm-hmm. indefinite suspension from the Texas football program. If, that's one, if there's one thing that guy does not know how to do, it's let sleeping dogs lie on social media. So uh, we will continue to track that situation. When we return on the other side of the break, let's talk a little bit of recruiting. Let's talk Anthony Evans, Malachi Coleman, some of the key targets down the stretch here in the 2023 class for Oklahoma. Travis and I are going to dish on those two and more. Coming right back on KREF, home of the Sooner fan. Oh, man, I tell you what, Travis. Had a real awkward moment going into last break because I said, "Come back with us on K Ref, home of the Sooner fan." And I realized I have no consistency as to how I usually credential myself or my employer because I have two occupations. Obviously, I work for ouinsider.com/slash/247sports/slash/247sports if you prefer it. And so I, I find myself constantly switching back and forth between one of those three monikers when I'm talking about uh, one employer. And then when I'm talking about the other, is it the ref? Is it KREF? Is it KREF? It's always, I, my brain is always in a constant jumble trying to figure out, okay, how do I hit this break? Or... If I'm sitting there at a press conference asking a question, okay, Parker Thune, and who do I work for? It's always it's well, always uh, a like shot in the dark we as in, to how I'm going to end up expressing it. Right when we were in Omaha, and the 
like I think your credential said OU Insider. My credential said uh, uh, like KREF Sports Talk fourteen hundred something. I was like, man, I I don't know, man. That's that's long. So what's funny is in Tulsa, we air on Buzz Tulsa at Buzz Tulsa. It's fourteen thirty, right? So it's like to Tulsans, and I'm like, oh, I'm on fourteen thirty. They're like, oh, the Buzz. I'm like, uh, well, it's the the ref or KREF. Um, which is ninety four point seven, and then I go through the, you know, the whole, the whole spiel. Uh, but no, I, I totally feel you, and I was trying to mirror you because when we were talking about recruiting stuff, you're like, well, you know, if you listen to us on on the ref, and then I would say the ref, and then you say K ref, I'm like, all right, all right, Parker, which, which one are we going with on today's show? We gotta, <laughs> we gotta at least stay stay consistent. But yeah, we've got many things that we. Uh, uh, that we can refer to ourselves at. Look, we're 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 easy to find. I'll put it that way. We're super easy to find, especially in in today's age of the digital world. And this also just goes to show you how much of a radio pro Tyler McComas is, because that dude never wavers. Every single like every oh, time man. he hits no, a break, it's the exact same. It's uh, K or uh, no, what does he say? His line is always, "Stay with us on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans." And that's it. Never yep. changes. And it's He's got quick, that canned concise, toss nah. every time. All right. Let's 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 reorient ourselves and let's talk a little bit of recruiting here. Uh, we got a question on the Air Comfort Solutions text line uh, from one listener in the 405 asking, how are we feeling about Anthony Evans? So let me dive into this, and I'll let you chime in with your thoughts as well, Travis. Uh, this is an OU Georgia battle. And Anthony Evans a while back released a top four that included the Sooners, the Bulldogs, uh, as well as Penn State and Texas A&M. Doesn't look like the Aggies or the Nittany Lions are going to be a final contender in this race. Right now, it's either Oklahoma or it's the defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. And both camps are confident, which whenever that's the case, uh, (laughs) the healthy approach to take is that, well, if, if both parties are confident, then neither of them should be confident because... Uh, as we look ahead to Anthony Evans' decision, which is now two weeks away, Friday, August 26th, I still lean Oklahoma, Travis, based on folks I talked to. And uh, when Brandon Drum, my coworker at OU Insider, was on last hour with Connor and Steely, uh, he said the same thing. It still feels like Oklahoma for Anthony Evans, but there is some steady buzz on the Georgia end that maybe, just maybe, the Bulldogs can pull out an 11th-hour victory and convince him to join the defending national champions with Kirby Smart's program. Yeah, I, I think part of that speculation and kind of why you saw a lot of the buzz going George's way uh, was that, you know, he lost his position coach and his main recruiter. So I think a lot of people, much like we saw with Jaquais Petaway, a lot of people just assumed, oh, I know Jaquais was committed, so it's a different situation than Evans. But... With Jaquez, it was, oh, he's going to flip. Where is he going to flip to? You know, you saw all kinds of, of different fan bases in his, in his mentions, in his replies, everything like that. Everybody was, was saying, oh, well, and then two days later, three days later, what, what do we see? We see, boom, he's, he's committed. He's not going anywhere, anything like that. So I think that might be uh, a, a, a little bit of a result of, oh, position coach the main recruiter's gone from oklahoma so let's go ahead where is he going to end up because there's no way he's ended up at oklahoma but what we've seen so far is that guys are staying locked in so i don't i, I still lean oklahoma as well for anthony evans i think with how tight-knit that recruiting class is and what a good p- 
tier recruiter Jackson Arnold has been, uh, specifically with the wide receiver group, uh, I still think he ends up a Sooner, personally. Fantastic text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. This listener says, Parker, you need to believe in Seth Gamble. People didn't believe in the cockamouse, and it was a real magnificent beast. I'm glad to know we have other How I Met Your Mother super fans on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, okay, Malachi Coleman, this is the other guy that I promised we would talk about heading into this segment, Travis. Uh, the four-star athlete out of Lincoln, Nebraska, the homeland for myself, a fellow Nebraskan. But uh, as we evaluate Malachi Coleman's recruitment at this time, you you pull up his 24-7 sports player profile, and you see five crystal ball predictions in favor of Nebraska. And I've said it for months, Travis. I think those predictions were always a little bit premature because one thing I can say with absolute certainty about Malachi Coleman is that he wants to win. He wants to go somewhere where he can win football games. And right now, that is not Nebraska. Nebraska has not made a bowl game since 2016, since the Obama administration, Travis. That feels like forever ago. And so looking at this recruitment and how things could change over the last two months, his commitment date is October 15th. There's a growing belief that this battle might ultimately come down to Nebraska and Oklahoma. And he's going to take an official visit to USC on September 17th. He's going to take an official visit to Ole Miss on October 1st. But uh, we had one listener hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line and ask, what if Nebraska loses to Northwestern and they just leave Scott Frost in Ireland? Well, first off, if that happens, that's exactly what should happen. Scott Frost, if his name were anything other than Scott Frost, would not still be Nebraska's head football coach on August 12th, 2022. But his name is Scott Frost, and he's gotten a lot of leeway that many folks in his position would not have gotten because he is a legend around those parts, a native of Wood River, Nebraska, uh, the quarterback when the Huskers won their most recent national championship back in 1997. So the way I look at this situation Travis is that if Nebraska rebounds in 2022 behind Scott Frost and they're bowl eligible and they win eight or nine games and they take that leap that it seems people have been expecting them to take for four or five years now then the safe money is probably on the Huskers for Malachi Coleman if that doesn't happen and to be quite frank I don't think it will if that doesn't happen Malachi Coleman, I don't know where he goes for sure, but he's not going to stay home in Lincoln, Nebraska if that staff isn't there at the end of the year. And if by October 15th there is a strong indication that that staff is not going to survive the season at the University of Nebraska, I would be hard-pressed to believe that Coleman is a Husker when it's all said and done. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you on that when it comes to the wanting to win. Here's the thing. If Scott Frost loses to Northwestern and he gets left in Dublin, that might that might be bad news for Oklahoma because they can't be any worse without him. They might be better. So um, we want we want Scott Frost to continue to be the coach of that program for for as long as as long as they'll allow him because. I honestly, and and I actually got in discussions uh, in Omaha over this when we were up there for the World Series. Nebraska, I don't know what's going on with them, but the the common question is, well, who are we going to go get if we fire Scott Frost? Anybody? Who is out there? Anybody. 
You're Nebraska, for goodness sakes. You have 46 conference national titles, and you haven't won one in the last 20 years, 23 years. So that means you you got so far out ahead and then just said, okay, we're going to give people 23 years to catch up to this. Obviously, Oklahoma has the most at 50, but Nebraska has plenty of money, and they got plenty of history, and and people that are of the age that might uh, you know be in those in those in those coaching candidate circles, they they've seen Nebraska be a top program. They've seen Nebraska be um, you know one of the more dominant runs. I mean, people forget Alabama's run has been unprecedented, but the, probably the closest run to it was Nebraska's run um, under Tom Osborne in the '90s, and it's that's what's so interesting to me is. They can Nebraska can go hire somebody that's good. I mean, there's no there is no reason that Iowa State has a better coach. Kansas State has a better coach. I could go Kansas might have a better coach right now than Nebraska. I don't think that's crazy. So I, here's my thing: the best case scenario is that Scott Frost stays in Nebraska because that man is 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 not destined for great things. Um, so as far as when it comes to Malachi Coleman. Um, yeah, you've got you've got to lean, in my opinion, Oklahoma. If it com- if it comes down to just what we know of, okay, he might be between Oklahoma and Nebraska, and he wants to win. Okay, well, let's go with one of the winningest programs uh, of all time, and the winningest program of uh, the last what twenty years, and then also since World War II. It, by any way you slice it, Oklahoma is a winner. Um, at, at bare minimum, if, if nothing else, they are a winner. What's in, what's interesting about the schedule, though, uh, when it comes to Nebraska and whether or not you know, because his commitment date is October fifteenth, four out of the five toughest games on their schedule happen after that date. They play October or they play Purdue at Purdue October fifteenth, but they get Minnesota at Michigan, at Iowa and Wisconsin all after that date. So there is a world where Nebraska knocks off the likes of North Dakota and Georgia Southern and Northwestern and Rutgers, you know, and Indiana, uh, all, all, all those teams, and they've got a decent record, you know, going into that commitment date. So I think that's the only kind of nuance that, that with that specific October 15th date that I could see is Nebraska's schedule is extremely backloaded after Oklahoma. And if they get to October 15th and they have a decent record and then the wheels fall off down the stretch, there's also a world in which Malachi Coleman commits to Nebraska on the 15th of October and then he ends up decommitting at some point down the line because there is a mass exodus among the Nebraska coaching staff. So that is one that we will continue to track in the months ahead as we get closer and closer uh, to the commitment date for the outstanding four-star athlete out of Lincoln, Nebraska. More recruiting talk, more Sooner football talk coming up on the other side of the break. You are listening to The Ref. This is the home of Sooner fans, Parker Thune, Travis Davidson, here with you on the Friday Rush. Back with you here on The Ref, Parker Thune, Travis Davidson. Hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line with your thoughts and opinion, 405-651-3439. As we keep it rolling on this Friday afternoon, I am in Norman at the Turn Grill at Westwood Park Golf Course. Travis is up in Tulsa, as he is every Friday, at Ash Cigar Bar. Now let's go to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. 
One listener says, if Malachi Coleman is truly a kid who values winning that much, it sounds like he would be a marvelous culture fit for BV and company. Very compatible. And this is one of the things uh, that I was talking to with somebody close to the OU program last night, as a matter of fact, Travis. There's so much drama in recruiting these days, and you don't have to look any farther than what's going on with Malachi Nelson right now out at USC and his flirtation with Texas A&M to see that. Now, when you look at the class that Oklahoma has pieced together, there is no drama among that group. You got 19 dudes that are not going to be problem children down the road, and that's very refreshing to see. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 we again, we've seen it so many times and I think an argument can be made, right? That culture is more important than talent. Obviously, when you combine the two, you get Alabama, right? You, you, I mean, you get, you get the top end national title winner, right? Uh, but that's what's so great about this class that, that Brent Venables is putting together. These kids are buying in. These parents are buying in. The coaches are bought in. Everything like that. The current program, the the current roster is bought in. I mean, if we end up, which I completely think we will, end up with a top five class, and we aren't one of these schools that are dropping the big bags, I mean. It, it it would be because these these people understand culture development. That's what actually wins football games. Texas has had more talent than feel like half the NFL teams is what it feels like, and they can't get out of Kansas as well. Five and seven last year. USC's had plenty of talent. Four and eight last year. I mean, you look at these. Miami's always had a ton of talent. They've won one ten win season in the last eighteen years. I mean, again, when it comes to culture getting the right fit i believe we've got 19 guys uh, that are going to uphold that standard and uh what go beyond the standard raise the standard, what's whatever the uh what, whatever the uh phrase is that that venables has i think it's be above the standard another listener on the air comfort solutions text line jokes nebraska head coach tom herman wouldn't we love to see that travis davidson Ooh. Ooh, I think isn't he in the NFL right now in some cush job being an being an analyst for the Bears or something like that? I think that? he's like an analyst for the Chicago I think, I Bears. He, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I yeah, I think he's somewhere. Yeah, Nebraska. Like I said, Nebraska, and I, I think a lot of our more seasoned listeners uh, will understand where I'm coming from on this. But it it Nebraska should never say, "Well, who's out there? Who who would come coach us?" And have some respect for yourself. Look in the mirror. Look, walk down and see your trophy case. Look in the bank because Nebraska's got plenty of money, uh, being the uh, being the premier uh, institution in that state. And yeah, it's. But I don't think I don't think they're going to get it done. And to your point earlier, um, Malachi Coleman, if he does commit to Nebraska after a hot start, and then the wheels come off during the tougher part of their schedule, he could be a flip candidate. Um, which leads me into my question. Uh, I actually had my bold take of the 2022-2023 season was that I think there are four flips in this class. By the time signing day hits, I think there are four total flips. So um, let's hear about our most widely discussed flip candidates. Tell me what uh, the latest is on Ryan Yates and Peyton Bowen. Oh, boy. 
Travis, anytime, anytime I speak Peyton Bowen's name, I'm instantly crucified on social media by the entire Notre Dame fan base. So I'm going to do my best to tread lightly here and hope that there aren't that many, if any, Notre Dame fans listening. Uh, I've, I've said it for a while, and I believe it. I'll continue to believe it. I don't think Peyton Bowen's going to stick it out with Notre Dame. The timeline is anybody's guess right now. And it feels like this timeline has been pushed back and pushed back and pushed back again to the point where nobody is really all that sure when we're going to get a final decision from Peyton Bowen. But the fact that we're talking about a final decision from a kid who is in all technicality committed says enough about the situation. I think the Sooners stand a very strong chance of going three for three at Denton Geyer High School in this class between Jackson Arnold, Peyton Bowen, and Ryan Yates. I think they go at least two for three. I think it's Arnold and either Bowen or Yates. I think Yates is more likely right now. And if you can close out your class with Bowen at the safety position, add a top 50 guy as your capstone, and then throw the kitchen sink at David Hicks and Malachi Coleman uh, to really round things out, man, what a special class this could be for Brent Venables. And we'll talk about this in detail next hour because Josh Pate, host of 24-7 Sports Late Kick, uh, went into a deep dive on Oklahoma recruiting on his show last night. And it's a soundbite that bears repeating. So we'll hear from Josh Pate. We'll continue to dish on all things Oklahoma football and recruiting. One hour down, three to go on this installment of the Friday Rush. Parker Thune out here at Westwood Golf Course in Norman. Travis Davidson up in Tulsa at Ash Cigar Bar. Plenty more ahead. We'll roll into hour two. Coming up next, this is The Ref, the home of Sooner fans.